0: Ricky
1: Rose. There's something special right here. Excuse me. Just trying to enjoy myself. We got some gangsters in the house, too. Come on. I got a bunch of dollars,
0: I can spend them on her. Bows. No, she can't be my lady,
1: she can be my love. What's up, everybody? It's The Real Deal. I'm your host, The Real McCoy. And we're back again for another episode. Another episode. We're back. It's Tuesday, and it's a beautiful day in here in Florida. And I just want to thank everybody for listening once again. Thank you again. Thank you. Wow, wow. Thank you for the applause. Thank you for the applause. Well, let's get into it. Today, I want to talk a little bit about The playoffs, we're going to talk about the NBA in general, and we're going to have a special guest. I got Mojo, the Mojo and the Bayou Gypsies coming in today. He's going to talk about his new movie, and we're going to get into Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle impersonated him at one point on Fox NFL Sunday. Didn't bother to give him any credit. We're going to get to the bottom of this and find out if in fact that was him who he was impersonating and did he ever get the proper compensation for that. Mojo, he's a very good friend of mine. We've worked together in the entertainment industry for about four or five years now. He's. Been in the industry for over 30 years and he's taken me under his wing and he invited me up to New York and to speak on a panel with him. So I am very grateful that he will be stopping in today to speak with us. And uh, I think you'll like what he has to say later. Uh, We'll find out. First, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Nothing too surprising going on right now, except for two things we have LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers lose to Oladipo and the Indiana Pacers in Game 1. Not just lose, but get blown out. I mean, the effort was not there. In the first quarter, we seen LeBron just have a lackadaisical effort, you know, and I think he does a lot of that to try to get his teammates involved. You got to understand he's playing with a team that is very young, has no playoff experience, and frankly, they made him look terrible. I mean, you had Nance out there, he couldn't guard anybody, try to switch and guard all the depot, but he kept getting taken to the hole, or all the depot would just step back five or six feet from the three point line and run up and just shoot a three in his face. They made a run towards the end, but it still wasn't enough. Indiana takes game one and game two will be played Thursday in Cleveland, and I expect that LeBron is going to come out on fire. He's not going to waste any time getting started. He realizes, and Ty Lue told him that, look, he has to be the engine that makes the go. He has to be more aggressive and we've seen this time and time again from LeBron James where He likes to be a facilitator. He likes to get his teammates involved, get them going. And we all know he's pretty much unstoppable and ball-dominant down low. So it's not hard for him to get his points and get uh, his uh, stats. He can do a meaningless triple-double. And the stats look good. But when you actually go back and watch these games, the effort is just not there 100%. So I expect Cleveland to come out and... Go hard on Indiana. I expect them to win game two. I expect them to win this series. But, man, you have to give a lot of credit to uh, Oladipo and the Indiana Pacers for coming out and not playing shy but coming out on the attack and really going at the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, it was like almost, what, 30-12? to I mean, the score spoke for itself. Even though at the end, it looked a little bit a little closer than what it was, but yeah, Indiana pretty much dominated that game from the start to finish, and I look for them to come out on the attack again in game two, but I look for Cleveland to play a whole lot better last night, we had. We had kind of a a reunite, reunition of uh, Dwayne Wade. He's reignited again. He scored 29 points in 20 minutes coming off the bench. I mean, it was something like he was in the twilight zone. I, I don't understand it, but. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the man is going back in time and he's coming back and kind of not necessarily his old self, but wow, he was really close to it that night. I mean, last night in Philadelphia with Allen Iverson and Kevin Hart on the sidelines talking stuff to him the whole game. He really took that personally. I saw, I saw a funny tweet where uh, Kevin Hart told him that he'll see him in Miami and Dwayne Wade tweeted back you can't come to Miami with the emoji of a ring and a, what appeared to be his wife kind of throwing her hands up in the air you know he's kind of on the other side of this um, scandal where you know you never really know what is going on with his relationship but I thought that that was funny that Dwayne Wade poked fun at that and kind of tweeted at him to poke fun at his situation you know if it was Michael Blackson then it probably wouldn't be as funny but Wayne Wade I guess he gets that pass right okay okay I guess you guys thought that was funny too okay well I'm gonna move on now Because the NBA playoffs is pretty much just getting started and we still have a long ways to go. The Golden State Warriors, they're looking good without Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, who honestly might be one of the most clutch players ever. You know, this question was presented to me the other day. Who is one of the most clutch players ever? And I had to think about it. You know, obviously, you got your stars like LeBron. You got the newcomer like Damian Lillard. I automatically said that Kyrie Irving was the most clutch player to me. I mean, we've seen him hit an amazing game-winning three-pointer in Golden State to a Golden State team that was 73-9, and Game 7, on their own floor. So he's playing away. Is able to play with a player like LeBron who is obviously the, the the bigger one on the team, the the male dominant figure and of course he wants to take those game winning shots, but Kyrie just takes the ball, shoots a, a gutless three and and, and basically gave Cavaliers that championship. He played amazing throughout that seven-game stretch. They were down 3-1, managed to come back and win it. Uh, The following year, he hit an amazing shot on Christmas Day against the Warriors after they had added Kevin Durant. I mean, the man has a clutch gene and, you know, you hear stories about him from other NBA players now who used to say they used to play in AAU basketball. You used to hear stories about guys that used to face Kyrie Irving and 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 they would say that they they were up. And then all of a sudden they got this kid came in 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 the game and just took over and they'd ask their friends what happened. They say Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has a clutch gene in him that. Even back in the day when he was playing, i seen clips of him playing Kobe Bryant one-on-one. This is before he even got to college and got to the NBA when he just had that attitude that he was going to be the fierce competitor, wanted to challenge Kobe one-on-one as if he could really handle Kobe at that time. I mean, of course, Kobe would play with him and just laugh it off. But, I mean, everybody knew that this kid was coming to the NBA and that he was not going to play any games, that he was a fierce competitor, his handles, he can get to the cup. Inside outside game is amazing. Some of the best handles I ever seen in the NBA. He can create his own shot at any given time and usually he'll hit it. He can hit the tough shots. Get the and one, you know, make the free throws unlike LeBron. So in my mind, Kyrie Irving was one of the most crunch time players I have seen, but I got to say. Clay Thompson. Is about as clutch as anybody will get. He's so quiet, and he's he's the third option on that team. You know, you got Steph Curry, you got Kevin Durant, you got Draymond Green, Igadala, All these guys are are forceful figures. I mean, they talk. Draymond Green is at the foul line, just just talking shit to the guy shooting the flagrant fouls last night after he missed it. I mean, Draymond Green really has no filter. You know what Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are gonna do? But wow. Clay Thompson is a quiet killer. Clay Thompson had 32 points last night. Five for eight for threes. I mean, his efficiency from, from deep is amazing. We've seen this guy go off on 60 points in three quarters. On six dribbles. I mean, who else can do that? But I say he's one of the clutch players because he isn't always the one that scores the points, but you gotta understand. He's the one taking on the best defender of the other team, their best play on the other team every night. In playoff games, night-to-night basis, he quietly makes great defensive plays that usually come up in the clutch. Clay Thompson could go to a team right now, and I said this on my last, on my last podcast, that KD's long extension may end up pushing Klay Thompson out the door. There's 31 other teams that would love to have a Clay Thompson. If that could be your focal point, if that could be your, say you team him up with somebody like a, uh, a great point guard, like a, like a Damian Lillard. No, not even a Damian Lillard, cause he's ball dominant, but say like a, a, a good point guard, like the one that New York has. Um, or a Kimball Walker, or something like that. Like he could team, he could team up with some players, and he could really make a huge impact on a team with the way that he dominates on both ends of the floor. Like he can, you know, to guard players in the NBA is so hard. To find a player that can stay in front—that's the first thing they do when you get to the NBA. I don't care how young young you are. I don't care how great a shoot shooter you are. I don't care how much handles you have. The first thing they want to see is. Can you guard an NBA player? Because it's so hard. These guys are so fast. I mean, we seen Rozier last night almost top what James Harden did when his crossover, when he left old boy from L.A. on the floor laughing. Rozier, at the end of that game, hit that boy with a cross that was so crucial and did it, and his style came back between his legs and just nailed the three. Unfortunately, they left .5 seconds on the clock, and they got too excited. And Milwaukee, Middleton came back, hit an amazing shot, tied the game, but Celtics went on to win that game. But Clay Thompson is just one of the best players, quietly, that I have ever seen in a long time. He shoots the ball amazingly. He plays on both ends of the court. He got great size. He isn't the kind of guy that's going to talk and get into a whole lot of trouble. He's just a quiet killer. He's just a quiet killer. And that's the kind of player that you need. That's the real deal in real time. We're going to get into my man Mojo. He's going to come on here in a second. He's going to talk about his movie. We're going to hear a little Mardi Gras music. And he's going to get into Rob Riggle and we're going to find out exactly What is going on with him and this video next? This is pretty
0: much the worst video ever made.
1: All right, right. welcome to my show, man. This is called The Real Deal in Real Time with me, the real McCoy. Of course, you know me, Andrew McCoy, and we've worked together for some years now, you know. uh, you're one of the first people I met in the performing arts community. and uh you've just been gracious to kind of take me under your wing and give me a few um lessons from you from your work in the industry so i want to thank you for being here and uh taking the time out to talk with me today uh it is an honor and a pleasure to be uh with you on your show andrew your uh your listeners
0: may not realize it but you're an up-and-coming very talented young man in our industry and I look forward to all the bright and wonderful things you're going to do.
1: I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm going to get into. I'm going to play a little bit of Swamp Girl for you, just to give my listeners a dosage of uh, of that uh, Zydeco Bayou sound. You mind? Uh, just don't frighten them with that rhythm. <laughs> I'm sure I won't. Hold on one second. Let's get you started. This is Swamp Girl.
0: I'm I She's a sweet
1: but but the proceeds go to what now remind me uh changes every year but it's always a children's charity uh in 2018
0: uh it was the pediatric oncology department at memorial sloan kettering cancer center before that it's been shriner's hospitals it's been the bowery mission and the list just goes on and on okay okay so so tell me how did you get your start doing this oh lord you know uh it's, it's a, a pretty straightforward story, but one that's kind of hard to comprehend in today's world of technology. When I was a kid, our family used to gather on the weekends, and uh, television was a brand-new thing. We had a television, but there wasn't much programming. So after our family meal, the children would entertain the family. We literally called it the after-meal entertainment. And uh, when I was about two and a half or three years old, it was my first chance to entertain the family, and I decided I was going to impersonate Elvis Presley singing "You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog." And the end result, my family went crazy, and the way they uh, made me feel, I realized even at that early age, that's something I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow! Well, wow! Well, so you got your you, you got your start entertaining the family, and it just grew from there. It grew from there and then when I was about 11 years old, uh, we had a garage band, some people might remember that term. Uh, that garage band was four kids who played music real well and uh, a man came and said, you guys, you guys are good, I'll give you $150 to play my party on Saturday night. Well, what that meant was each of us in three hours on a Saturday night, we're gonna make the same money as a grown man made in a week at a dollar an hour in those days. Uh, We each would take home
1: almost $40, and I realized, wow, I can use this talent, and I can make money in
0: three hours that would take my daddy at least a week to make. So I thought that was a pretty good deal. I took it. So your parents were very supportive of everything you were doing at a young age? Honestly, Andrew... I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my mama and daddy. Back in the 60s, my mama made all my costumes. I've always been an entertainer and performer, so I always dressed for the audience uh, to show respect and enrich their lives. And we were all underage. My daddy made furniture. He had a great big truck, and he would pick up all the band members and all their gear, and he would take us to the venues uh, where we were illegal without a grown-up, And we would get set up and we would do our show. And the whole time we were doing our show, Daddy would sleep in the truck. And at the end of the show, we'd put our gear in the truck. He'd take everybody home. And without Daddy and Mama, I would not be where I am today. Wow, that's great that you have that kind of support. So you've been touring for so long. What's the craziest, what's
1: some of the craziest stuff that's happened at your show? Cause I know it gets crazy. Everyone gets advanced and you're up there with your band and you know, you guys are getting the party rocking. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen?
0: The craziest thing I've ever seen, uh, bear in mind, and I've been in the business 54 years. So I've seen some crazy stuff, but the craziest thing I've ever seen was a performance we did uh, at the Marriott Lincolnshire Theater up in Lincolnwood. Uh, no, yeah, Lincolnwood, Illinois. Uh, and they had uh, their annual event. We were uh, performing on stage, and they had brought in uh, one of those stages that sets up like a card table with the legs that fold, and it was big enough for, for our whole show. And then uh, IMAX was new. They brought in two IMAX screens, one on each side of the stage so the entire audience could be in on it. What we didn't realize was that halfway through the show the entire audience would try to get on the stage and we were on that stage and I was certain that it was going to collapse and we were all going to get killed but security intervened we had about 80 or 100 people that rushed onto the stage and I could feel it going down but they were able to get everybody off safely now that's the craziest thing well that's not the craziest thing. that's one of the craziest things okay so, tell me a little bit more about the Swamp Girls Gone Wild. What, what, how did that happen? Well, actually, it's Swamp Girls Gone Crazy. Okay, Gone um, Crazy. Swamp Girls Gone Crazy is uh, a, a title that we took for a reality series that is internet based. Uh, it is uh, the story of women in Bayou Country. The women in Bayou Country are our greatest resources. They're smart, they're tough, they're wise. They're challenging, they're beautiful, they're clever. But when a young swamp girl, 12 years old or 8 years old, says, you know, I want to grow up to be president, or I want to own a restaurant, or I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, people say, yeah, that little swamp girl's going crazy. She'll never be nothing. And swamp girls going crazy is our way of showing that those little girls with big dreams, they may be crazy, but they can be successful. They're not just crazy, they're extra crazy. And the stories in Swamp Girls Gone Crazy is successful women from Bayou Country who have overcome the challenges they faced from their childhood, living on the bayous, fishing, hunting, whatever, living poor, having less than they really need, overcoming those problems, overcoming those challenges, and becoming successful in life and an inspiration for others. Those Swamp Girls Gone Crazy.
1: I love it. I love it. So tell me a little bit more. I know you played in a movie before. Have you played in more than one movie, or just one? Well, I've acted in
0: many movies. Uh, I usually play a special character. You know, do special character roles because I look unusual, and because I'm a musician. And so there are certain characters I can I can play. I played some dead people. I played some weird people. I played vampires. (laughs) a little bit of everything i produce documentaries so i do produce movies as well and my music has been in movies and the surprising thing above all else is uh uh, my song lights on the bayou is the theme song of a movie called soldier story which was filmed uh, about three four years ago maybe five years ago now uh, January of 2018 I got a phone call from the film producer Mr. Joe Gallo from Gallo Films in Chicago, Illinois and right. he said I'm doing a new film and I said uh, you need some music he said well not exactly I said well what's it about? he said it's about you so right. Joe Gallo and his film company have uh, they've almost finished a movie that's been in
1: production for about oh uh, five six months now Joe shot us in concert in a theater, he shot us at a festival, Uh, he came to
0: my home in Louisiana, we took him out in Bayou Country, he's interviewed a lot of people, I'm anxious to see it myself, it's called The Magic Behind the Mojo. The Magic Behind the Mojo, wow, and that comes out when? Uh, I think it's coming out in the next month or two, it'll be a feature documentary, I assume that he's targeting uh, like public television and the film festivals around the country but I can't tell you for sure I haven't seen it yet I've seen some clips I've uh, done some uh, reference work for him but I just like you and everybody else I'm
1: anxious to see what he created he's a genius wow well, I'm anxious to see that too and you brought up that you do have a very distinct look and you're, you're, you're a very uh very known personality in the sciatical world Zodicle world correct? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I bring I bring that up because I, you know this, this is also a sports show. And we do a lot of sports talk. Are, are you familiar with the uh, the NFL on Fox TV show? They do a show before the games, and there's a guy named Rob Riggle. Are you familiar with him? Uh, if that's the guy who
0: dressed up as a, a character who looked exactly like me, I think I know who you're talking about. He was. I, I think that was ESPN, but I'm not sure. I think he called himself Easy Breezy. Now, now, hold on, because I got some sound right here, right now. And I'm looking
1: at the video for, you know, this is not a visual show. But if you go online and you you look up uh, Rob Riggle, When the Saints Go March, and then you will find a character that looks exactly like Mojo. I'm just going to play a little bit of sound from that just so you can hear it. Get it. Hold on.
0: ESPN football commentary and uh, I got phone calls from all over the United States about my appearance on that show and I knew nothing about it and they sent me the clip that man he had a hat like mine he had his hair his beard his clothing choices down to my ostrich boots he copied so uh, we are not sure but we have a strong feeling at some point in history He either saw us on TV or he came to a show. I can't tell you because he did not respond when I reached out to him to find out how he wound up doing that.
1: Well, that's funny because I actually have Rob Riggle on the line right now. We're going to bring him in in a second. We're going to confirm this for you. You ready to talk to him? I'm ready to talk to him. I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) i I wish i wish i was that big right now right now i got limited listeners but we're gonna we're gonna find that i will guarantee you i will find out for you and i'll let you know if he was impersonating you mojo it was great to have you on with me i hope we get to talk soon again and we get to reconfirm when this movie comes out i want to bring you back on and we can talk about your movie let's do it let's do it after uh after
0: 33 years of Mojo and the Bayou Gypsies, 22 albums, every television network, featured performer on country music television's Swamp Pond, and so many other things that have gone on in my life, I would love to continue the story with this movie. Andrew, thank you for having me. You're a gem. Thanks
1: for being here, man. I'm going to take you out with some more Swamp Girl. Here we go. This is pretty much the worst video ever made.